Well, friends, we're continuing our series of studies in the, the life of the Apostle Paul, and we're looking at uh, one particular aspect of his character tonight, and that's his uh, courage, the courage of the Apostle Paul. And uh, he seems to have been uh, one of the most uh, courageous people that there has ever been. And uh, this would uh, certainly need to be true of him because he's also, as we said before, an example. He's set forth in Scripture as an example for us uh, all to follow. And so tonight we're going to learn from Paul how we should be uh, courageous, how we as Christians, whatever our calling is, wherever God has put us, whatever circumstances we may be thrust into or find ourselves in providentially, uh, we are to also have this quality of being uh, courageous. Courage doesn't mean we don't have any fear. It doesn't mean we are without any fear, but it means we act in spite of the fears. And that's what we see in the life of the Apostle Paul. He was a man like you and I. He was human. He felt the human frailties as we do. He wasn't a superman, uh, but he was, by the grace of God, uh, a special in the sense of the courage that he had and the other qualities that were given to him uh, by the Lord. So we have uh, in the life of the apostle some extraordinary courage in all his undertakings that God gave him to do. He was brave in the face of physical assaults. He was brave when he witnessed before the high and the mighty, before kings and before the high-ranking Roman officials. And then he was brave also when his own countrymen, his fellow citizens, rose up against him time and time again and persecuted him. And uh, he was uh, not just strong uh, to speak to them, uh, like when he was uh, torn apart, or almost torn apart uh, at Jerus Jerusalem on those temple steps, uh, but also he showed no fear uh, as to what would happen to him. He, he, he may, must have passed in his mind when they were about to, uh, when they were intent on ripping him to shreds, it must have passed through his mind, well, this could be the end. But he didn't bother him in that sense so much because even at that early stage, he had already uh, given himself uh, to the Lord and he was prepared to suffer and to even die for the Lord if that's what was necessary, which was in the end what happened to him. But friends, the, the courage of the Apostle Paul was not something that was foolhardy kind of courage. He didn't run headlong into danger. Uh, often he avoided it. When it was best to avoid it, when it was wise to do so, yeah, he, he avoided it. You remember how he was let down in a basket uh, uh, in Damascus, when, as we read uh, here, they were about to kill him. Uh, well, that doesn't sound very <laughs> courageous, does it? It sounds a bit cowardly. What's he doing? Uh, hiding? Why doesn't he just go face the officials? And No, he doesn't act in that foolhardy way. Uh, he's wise in what uh, he does. We often read also of people who've been awarded uh, the Victoria Cross uh, as a soldier, and uh, they've performed valiantly under, in some situation, maybe under fire in the face of great opposition. They've rescued their teammates, uh, their fellow uh, soldiers, and uh, showed no fear in such things, done something perhaps 
tremendously heroic in the midst of tremendous danger and a great uh, danger to their own personal life and limbs. And often such a, such a decorated man or woman uh, is awarded that Victoria Cross. Well, we admire them uh, for their act of bravery. And uh, we wish we had a similarly, we could do something similar maybe. But it's only a one-off. You think about it, it's only, uh, I'm not minimizing what they've done, but their acts which, uh, which they've done is only maybe in one particular situation. On one occasion in their whole lifetime, they showed that bravery that was displayed and uh, that he heroic act. But when you look at the Apostle Paul, we're not just reading about one single act of bravery. You read about one after the other, after the other, after the other, on and on it goes throughout uh, his life. And that's the kind of courage we need. Not only on one occasion, in spits and uh, spats, but just continually. Uh, we, it's, uh, it's happening uh, with us, continual bravery and courage. And so we're looking uh, at the whole of his life uh, since his Damascus experience. And uh, we may think, uh, we may, we're going to think of him with this extraordinary way in which he uh, boldly uh, served the Savior and proclaimed uh, the gospel. And uh, we are, as I said, it gives us an insight into what we should do as we see his life and how he stood firm, uh, not just once uh, in a while, but uh, continually. So also we are to display this constant uh, courage day after day, continual boldness. Because we, of course, we, we may not face exactly the same kind of situations that Paul faced, definitely not the amount that he faced in terms of suffering and persecution. But it may come to us in other ways where we need to stand up uh, for, the, for the faith and for the Lord. So alongside, you could think of courage is another word, perseverance. Uh, courage and perseverance, they go alongside together for us as Christians. And this is a fruit that we want to develop. So Paul's examples of Paul's courage are so abundant uh, that it would be difficult to uh, go through them all in the time that we have uh, this evening. But I'm going to go through some of the acts of the apostles, so some of the incidents in the acts, and then put an application on the end uh, of it. So there are a number of these uh, acts of valor and his great daring for the gospel. Let's, let's turn to these uh, straight away. So Acts 9, where we read, and verses 18 to 22, we see that uh, this is very quickly, immediately after his, his conversion, in verse 19, when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Uh, then he was with the disciples at Damascus. Verse 20, straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Of God and all that heard him were amazed. Courage made him witness uh, fearlessly. As soon as he was converted to Christ, uh, he displayed this most wonderful uh, boldness. He didn't say, Let me wait, let me learn all the doctrines first. I'm sure he already learned a lot from the disciples in that time, uh, but he immediately uh, went about preaching a uh, lesson, even perhaps for those who are new to the faith. Uh, straight away, uh, make it known to others what you believe, what Spurgeon would call, fly the flag early, he said. As soon as you get into the office, 
don't have to wait uh, for a long time before you tell others. Try and fly that flag early. Try and make it known uh, to others. Oh, Sundays, I go to church or something. Let it known that you're a Christian. It'll be so much more easier uh, for you to witness uh, in the future. But uh, here Paul straight away into witness. Uh, verse 23 to 25, we see that uh, so soon after many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. And uh, then they lay in wait, watching day and night to kill him. And the disciples had to let him down uh, by night uh, by the wall in a basket. And uh, here we can see Paul, yeah, he's escaping, but he's not afraid at this particular time. He's uh, probably laughing at the danger. Uh, it's a bit embarrassing perhaps, but he knew they were out uh, to kill him. And uh, so he does the wisest thing, and that is to escape. Courage made him speak out, even in his former haunts and circles. Same chapter, uh, verse 28, when he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem, a place that he would know like the back of his hand. Many people would know him. Uh, many friends there, many religious people uh, were there. Who would be so familiar with Saul as he was then? Now Paul, and look, he spake boldly. Should he hide? <laughs> should he, you know, should he withdraw? Uh, you know, just go in secret into Jerusalem? No, he comes out into the open. He spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him, again, uh, out, out to kill him. Uh, verse 30, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. So uh, his life is in constant uh, danger. His brethren are fearful for him and for his life, but he himself is not uh, so, so afraid. And then chapter 13. Chapter 13 and verse 13. And here this is uh, Paul and, and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. Now when Paul and his company were loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John departing from them returned to Jerusalem but when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and uh, sat down. So courage, we can say here, caused him to embark on this uh, missionary journey into places which other people dared not go. It was too troublesome to go. Uh, other people shrank from it. He went. We mentioned in our study on uh, the missionary journeys of Paul, this Antioch in Pisidia, it's a difficult place to get to. Remember how uh, they had to uh, uh, climb over the, uh, climb up the mountains, they had to go through the, the rivers over those rickety bridges, and there were thieves and robbers that uh, were on every hand, and so it was a very dangerous terrain for them to pass through and to get to Antioch in Pisidia. But they went. They went with great courage. And then when they got there, uh, they spoke uh, in the synagogue on the Sabbath day uh, to the Jews who were there. God bid him go, and he dare not uh, turn back. And there are so many uh, conversations uh, and situations also uh, where, which we naturally would probably shy away from. 
and uh, it would take much courage for us uh, to go to such places. And I'm not just talking about particular places, or you need courage to go to Power Street, or, you know, or something like that. That's you need a bit of courage to do that. But we also even to have conversations with people, uh, knowing what to say to a friend or to a relative, to preach the gospel to them. You want the opening to them, and you want also the words to say, and you want the courage to say uh, those things. And uh, you see Paul, he's not afraid to speak out. He's not ashamed uh, to speak out. And uh, so also for us, uh, we need that courage to say what we need to say. It's not always easy uh, to say, to preach the gospel to our relatives and to our friends especially, but uh, we must uh, pray uh, for courage and those opportunities to come. And then uh, uh, we see that even in, in spite of threatening, uh, he is bold in chapter 14. I'm just going through these uh, quite quickly. In chapter 14, and uh, verses 1 to 3, And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, uh, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his uh, grace. So here uh, they had the courage to let uh, the Jews know what God thought about them, uh, even to the point of alienating uh, them. Sorry, I think I've got the wrong, wrong scripture. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, not nothing would stop would stop him. Uh, would stop uh, Paul preaching here, uh, in spite of the the threats and the the, uh, the the Jews stirring up the Gentiles and making their minds evil, affected against the brethren. In spite of that, uh, they are still uh, willing uh, to to speak. Perhaps we would say, "Oh, there's opposition. There's difficulty now. We should turn back." This is not God's will. This is not God's providence. We made a big mistake. Things are not going well, but not Paul. He knew that God uh, had sent him. And so uh, he continues uh, to speak, even though there is this threat that comes upon his life. Uh, Chapter 14 and verse 19 and 20. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been uh, dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed uh, to go, uh, depart with Barnabas uh, to Derby. Now he's not just a threat. Now he's actually been stoned. Now, surely, Paul, you will turn back. Surely, Paul, this is it. Surely this is a sign they should go back. No, nothing stops him. Not the slightest threat, nor actual uh, physical abuse that he suffered. And uh, it's a, well, I don't mean, mean to make us feel bad, but we haven't really reached this level, have we? We haven't suffered to such a degree. Paul did, the apostles did. They all lost their lives. They all were martyrs. But what about 
uh, our forefathers, they also suffered. You look at uh, the martyrs. You know, there's a book called the Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's, a, it's all about people who've been killed for the faith, written by a man called John Fox. And uh, you can read that uh, even today, the great sufferings and persecution in our own city and in our own land. Many were, were torched, burnt alive at the stake uh, and different uh, places around uh, the UK. You can read up about these things. But they were willing uh, to suffer. Maybe we've gone a bit soft ourselves. I speak for myself too. Would we, would we be willing to, uh, in, in, the, in, in the face of threat and in the face of losing our lives, be willing to go all the way uh, for the Lord? Uh, chapter 15, uh, we see him speaking out against false uh, teachers. Uh, there were these uh, Judaizers who come down and uh, they were saying, except you be circumcised at the man after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. And Paul and Barnabas, uh, they argued and had a dissension and disputation with them. And then they determined to go to Jerusalem to clear uh, the issue. But they were not afraid to speak out against false teachers uh, that caused all this trouble and uh, who were most definitely doctrinally in the wrong. And sometimes Paul even had to preach against his friend, uh, Peter. When Peter was in the wrong, well, that would have been extremely difficult for him to do because Peter was a senior apostle. Peter was somebody who he was in fellowship with. Peter was somebody who had given him the right hand of fellowship and his backing. And yet he had the courage to still say, Peter, you're in the wrong because truth is, was important. And I'm sure he did it in a good way and in a, a Christian way, but he had to say the truth when it came uh, to it because uh, he was, uh, he was uh, living in a hypocritical way. Well, many pastors today are afraid to say anything against error, afraid to criticize people. I was uh, talking to somebody only uh, recently, and uh, she said to me, well, she, she, she's like uh, been to other churches and uh, she's not like uh, happy with them and she, she, then she sort of pulled back and said well you know maybe I shouldn't say that you know she sort of felt that she shouldn't be critical as a Christian of other churches well we have to be thinking Christians we have to be critical but as one pastor said uh, we have not have a critical spirit we have to be critical in our minds and weigh things up and examine things but we mustn't have a critical spirit and be uh, judgmental in the wrong sense. But we must point out error. If there are error, errors that are in the church, I wonder, I don't know if you've caught recently, but there was this big uh, conference, the Passion Conference 2024 in America, and I saw, saw it uh, recently, and it's about, it must have been about 20,000 people there. It looked, so, it looked huge. And uh, yet the way that they were worshiping was not biblical at all, was not reverent at all. And yet there are thousands and thousands of people who seem to think that it is. And not, who will say anything against it? How many pastors will raise a voice against it? Very few, I fear, in America will do that. But uh, chapter 16, uh, we move on to chapter 16. 
and verse 9. And uh, verse 9 and 10. And uh, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. And here we see another aspect of Paul's um, uh, uh, courage. He's not afraid to go into new territory. Uh, he's, this is Europe that he's going into. For the very first time, he's going to be uh, in a, a brand a place that he's never been to before, as far as we know. But he's not afraid to go into the unknown territory. He's quite willing to, uh, to go. You remember some of the old missionaries? They went to, when Carey left and uh, went to India, or Adoniram Judson uh, went all the way uh, to Burma. Well, that was a tremendously difficult thing for them to do. And then that brother, whose name I forget, John Payton. Uh, he went to the New Hebrides, I think, believe it was. And he had faced with what? Cannibals. <laughs> Cannibals. <laughs> well, if he'd known that, I'm sure he would still have gone because he knew God had called him and given him that work to do. And God used him greatly. And, uh, and, and these men uh, went out into these difficult uh, places. We're maybe a little bit different. We don't like new things. We like sameness. We like everything to be as it has been. We're afraid of change, isn't it? But sometimes we need a bit of courage if the Lord calls us into new territory in our own lives. And then chapter 16 and verse 24 and 25. In here they are. You know, the, you know this very well. Uh, they're, they're thrust into the prison at Philippi uh, by the, the, the jailer and uh, their feet are fast in the stocks. And what do they do in the face of adverse circumstances as this? <laughs> At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners uh, heard them. So everywhere, and in whatever uh, condition uh, was okay with Paul, as long as he knew that he was in the will of God, he could rejoice. In spite of whatever happened to him, if he knew that he was doing what God wanted him to do, then he wouldn't abandon that place. He would just sit and wait and see what the Lord had done. Again, think about it, friends. He's, he's felt the call uh, to, go to uh, go to Europe, to Philippi, uh, and he's gone, and now he's had this trouble there. And perhaps we may think, well, did I make the right choice? Did I, did I discern the Lord's will correctly? But he knew that the Lord had sent him. And so he just uh, waited for the Lord. Of course, he'd had some early blessings with Lydia, and that uh, young lady was delivered from demon possession. And so he, he, he had some confirmation. Uh, but even in spite of adverse uh, difficulties, like being thrust into prison, still he is sure that God has called him. And so he is courageous in spite of it. For us, perhaps we would uh, go to pieces if such things happen. We would burst into tears. But why should we, friends? Why should we? If we know that you're doing God's will and 
adverse things happen to you, don't go to pieces. Trust in the Lord even then. Be courageous even then. And even though you don't see things as you wish, as you, as you, to understand it as clearly as you want to now, maybe everything's very hazy. Maybe you feel you're in a prison. Well, still have courage in, in the Lord. He'll sort it out. He'll bring you out of that prison just as he did here with Paul and Silas. Well, let's move to chapter 17. I hope you don't mind me going so fast. And uh, he was not afraid of being on his own. Uh, here we see in, in verse 16, chapter 17, verse 16, Paul uh, is waiting at Athens uh, for, uh, for his, Silas and Timothy to come to him. And his spirit was stirred within him when he saw the whole city uh, given to idolatry. And he's going to be so stirred, he can't wait any longer. He's going to preach uh, to uh, these Athenians uh, on his own. A brother recently said to me, uh, oh, going out witnessing on, a, on our own, on my own, is, uh, is a little bit difficult. When you're together with others, it's much easier. But on my own, I find it a little bit harder. And it's true, isn't it? For all of us, uh, it's much easier to stand and to be brave when we are surrounded with other people. But to be on our own, well, that costs us a bit more. But sometimes we have to stand alone. Sometimes in the office, we have to stand on our own or in other situations. Often it's, we have our Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with us. But uh, other times we have to be like, da uh, like Daniel. Remember the, the, the song? Dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to say the Bible's true, and dare to make it known. I won't give you the Protestant version of that, <laughs> which you may know. <laughs> Chapter 17, verse 22. Uh, Paul there, uh, he's not afraid as well. He's in Athens. Here are these highly educated people. Here are these philosophical uh, gurus. But he's not afraid of the clever guys. And he still uh, preaches to them uh, the gospel. And very uh, directly too. In verse 37, sorry, verse 34, the last verse, chapter 17. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius, the Arapagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Is that all, Paul? Is that all from your preaching at Athens? What a great sermon you gave. Everybody's trying to copy your sermon, but you've only had a few converts, only a few people uh, who have believed. But that didn't deter him. He left the results uh, with the Lord, even though in at Athens he didn't have as great a success as in other places. Chapter 18 and verse 1, he enters, he goes from uh, Athens to Corinth. Uh, Corinth, you know, was a highly immoral place, a den of iniquity, you could call it. And uh, yet, he still went there. That would need uh, gospel courage as well. And uh, he be but he believed in the gospel. Yet, he knew the power of the gospel to change people's lives. And uh, perhaps we would have given up. Perhaps we would have said, no, not Corinth. It's too far gone. It's too immoral. It's uh, too unbelieving. It's, 
It's uh, too idolatrous. It's not the place for us. Let us go to somewhere a little bit more religious, where people are a little bit more inclined to God, but not uh, poor. He goes to these places where, where the people are under the power of the devil and of uh, sin and of idolatry, and he preaches to them the, the gospel of Christ, and thousands are delivered. We need not fear, friends, how awful a situation is in a particular uh, city. I heard uh, from a pastor recently, and he was saying, uh, if God can plant a church in Jerusalem, then he can plant a church anywhere. And you think of Jerusalem at the time of Christ and uh, all the unbelief and all the Jews and all the opposition that there was to Christ, and yet still the Lord planted a church in that place. And if he did it there, he can do it in Woolwich. He can do it in other places uh, in, in London and in the world. He can do it uh, anywhere. And then chapter 19 and verse uh, 30. And uh, when Paul would have entered in uh, unto the people, this is in Ephesus, after that great commotion and everyone had been crying in the temple of Diana, great is Diana, the Ephesians. When Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered uh, him not. He was, <laughs> they were after him, they would have destroyed him, but he is still willing to go into that temple and to uh, try and speak. Uh, it was such a mob that were after him. And uh, they were, uh, yet still, he had the courage uh, to go forward. None of us really have faced a mob, I think, in our lives. I don't believe we have. Where they are, you know, uh, wishing for our, our lives. Uh, probably we would have run if somebody or some people were after us, but not the Apostle Paul. Uh, it was said of uh, John Wesley. John Wesley, one day, was uh, riding uh, his horse, and uh, he thought to himself, I've had three days without persecution. And uh, no threats, no insults, no chicken eggs have been thrown at me, no bricks have been thrown at me. And he, he halted and uh, he said, uh, can it be that I have sinned? Can it be that I am backslidden uh, because none of these things have happened to me? And he went down, he got off his horse and he went down on his knees uh, and he said, prayed out loud to the Lord, Lord, show me my sin. <laughs> and a burly man on the opposite side of the hedge heard what he'd, he'd prayed and what he'd said, and he recognized who it was, that was John Wesley, and he said, I'll fix that Methodist preacher. And he got a, got a brick, picked up a brick, and he hurled a brick at him, and he just about missed, uh, missed him by a few inches. And uh, Wesley leapt to his feet, and he said, Thank God, it's all okay. I'm still, his, I'm still in his presence. <laughs> and uh, that's, that was John Wesley. He was ready to face a mob, and he did face a mob continually. And uh, that was uh, courage. We know about the courage of the two Wesley brothers uh, in the face of much opposition, and of George Whitfield, of course. But uh, chapter 20, we're coming... Just got a few more here. Chapter 20, and verse 17 to 20, uh, we just see them that they're bold uh, to get on uh, with the work, even when opposed. And uh, 
And from Miletus, he sent to the Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they would come to him, he said, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I've been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And so even when they were opposed uh, with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, still uh, he goes on, from, from the very first day that I was with you, I continued. It's a lifelong courage, friends. Some even are the most uh, seemingly uh, timid servants of the Lord. If you look at the whole course of their life and their service, and the great discouragements that they met, uh, so many distractions, so many things that would easily have cast them down, yet still they had the tremendous courage to keep going and to continue to stand for the Lord. Uh, another illustration, if you don't mind, but uh, William Carey, when he was in India, and he spent, I think it was years, uh, doing his translation work, and there was a time when a fire destroyed all his work, and he was distraught beyond imagination. He was just so cast down because of what had happened. <coughs> and uh, somebody got alongside him and said, just whisper to him, you'll do it better the second time. And that gave him the courage to pick up again and start all over again that translation work. But that's, you can see it in action. So, uh, so much uh, from these lessons to encourage us to also, in spite of discouragement, to keep going and serving the Lord. Chapter 21, uh, verses 10 to 14. In, uh, again, this is when uh, he was on his way to Jerusalem and Agabus had said, uh, prophesied uh, that uh, he, would, uh, he would definitely suffer uh, for the Lord in verses 10 to 14. Uh, you can see that one read it for I won't read it all. But in verse 11, uh, when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus said the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hand of the Gentiles. And the, uh, the brothers and sisters there uh, took it as a warning that Paul shouldn't go to Jerusalem. But Paul looked at it in a different way. He said, it's not a warning. He said, it's a prophecy. And he realized even more that God, it was God's will for him to go. They had misunderstood it, but he knew exactly what, the, what it meant. And he was not in the least dismayed or put off from going because of this prophetic word uh, from uh, Agabus. So uh, courage, friends, uh, is a part uh, of uh, God's plan. Sorry, suffering is a part of God's plan. And uh, we need also to show courage. Uh, Paul was doing it for, uh, for God's glory. And that was the basis of his uh, courage. And so also for us, uh, we need to show courage. So much of this is missing in churches today, especially perhaps you could say in our uh, British churches, but uh, certainly abroad. Uh, there are pastors serving the Lord, often showing uh, much bravery. Uh, chapter 21, uh, verse 21, uh, we see this uh, rather curious uh, incident. Even the apostles at Jerusalem, uh, they wanting uh, Paul uh, to compromise for the sake of a great many Jewish beliefs, to go to the temple and uh, take this vow upon himself. And the, the thing is, Paul knew. Paul knew it would end with him being recognized and being abused, as it did. But still he had the courage uh, to go on 
and uh, his courage knew uh, no bounds. So I come, I'll just briefly summarize the others. But uh, in chapter 24, uh, he is there before uh, Felix, a cruel uh, Roman governor uh, who made him to tremble, uh, or Paul made him to tremble. He's not afraid, you see, to speak. Chapter 25, verse 11, he appeals uh, to Caesar, and that's Nero, the greatest man and leader uh, of, of the time. And yet he is prepared to go to Caesar, not just to, not to vindicate his name so much, he's prepared to go and speak before him and to tell him also the gospel. And we know many came to know the Lord while he was uh, under arrest there in Rome. Chapter 26 and verses 1 and 2, when he's before Agrippa, he says, not only bold, but he's happy uh, to be before the king. And he almost persuaded him to be a Christian. So all that bravery, then there's that bravery on that journey uh, uh, in Acts chapter 27, uh, where he makes that ship uh, when he's on that journey to Rome and uh, the brave things that he did there, even uh, telling and giving orders uh, to the centurion about what they should do and uh, encouraging the people uh, because he knew that the Lord was with him. Well, let me close by just giving you uh, four reasons why Paul was so courageous. Why was he so brave? Uh, what was, was it that enabled him to be so brave? And uh, firstly, we could say it's because of his commission that he received. He knew that he was called of God. He knew that his commission came from heaven. And so that strengthened him to know that what he was doing was God's work and God's calling. And the same for us, isn't it? We, as we mentioned on Sunday, we are also commissioned. We are to be ambassadors for Christ wherever he has put us to do God's will. That's, that's our calling in life. And uh, we can be brave if we are in the will of God. Uh, the second reason he was bold was that because of his message. His message was the word of God, uh, the gospel of Christ. It was the power of God unto salvation. There's nothing like the gospel, friends. This simple, tremendous message that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and all you need to do is to trust in him. Foolishness to the world, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. And Paul knew that, and he, went, he was brave because he knew it could change people's lives. He knew because it was much needed by the people. This is the indestructible gospel. And it's the same message that you and I are also preaching and telling others. Let us believe, friends, that this word will change others. And then thirdly, really, he was brave because think of his foes. Well, who are they when you compare them uh, to who the Lord is? There were Romans, there were Jews, there were rulers. And on the surface of it, and in an earthly way, we might think, well, they were so powerful. But that's a mistake because the Lord was not on their side. The Lord was not with them. The Lord was with Paul. The Lord stood with Paul. And he reminded him of this again and again. Even in Rome, when all others forsook him, he said the Lord stood by him. And same with us. You may be on your own witnessing. You may be called to live in a family where there are unconverted people. But the Lord is with you. The Lord is there. Whoever you come against, the Lord Almighty God 
is on your side. And then fourthly, not only God was with him, sorry, uh, uh, not only uh, did he have the word of God and his foes were feeble, but God was with him. Paul's real helpers were the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His helpers, as well as his earthly helpers, were divine. And uh, he even had angelic help on one occasion, at least on that ship which was wrecked. And he said that the angel of the Lord uh, stood with him and told him that God had given him the lives of all the shipmates. So, so friends, God is our help and our strength. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is our enabler. So we also can be courageous. It's not something that we, oh, I've only got a little bit of courage myself. Yes, we in ourselves we are. But in the Lord, we are strong. And that's why Paul says, be strong uh, in the Lord. Be of good courage uh, in the Lord. So we also, friends, have a commission from heaven. We have the mighty word of God to proclaim this uh, to, to the world. Any opposition is, of course, nothing compared to having God on our side. And, of course, we also have the help of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you and I uh, can also be uh, courageous in these days. Amen. <laughs>